you think, you know, obviously we started off this talking about, you know, whether we think the priorities are right for CSOs. Do you think that this is something that's also been driven by more compliance? Is that also been a driving factor, do you think, for changing things or not? You know, compliance has always been great for one thing in security, and that's opening up budgets. And, we, and yeah. you know, ever since compliance came out, everyone talked about compliance doesn't equal security, security doesn't yeah, equal yeah, compliance. True, true. A- a- yeah. Absolutely uh, agreed. Uh, mm. But what I think is driving this now is that security has become a boardroom conversation. Mm. It's become executive team conversation. And we've been screaming for this for 20 years. Security needs a voice at the board. Security needs a voice (laughs) with the executive team. That one day we woke up and we had it and we're like, well, yikes. Because now I have to start being able to measure security like other strategic business units. So for example, finance. The CEO, when he goes to the CFO, can't ask her, how much money do we have in the bank? And Mm -hmm. she says, I don't know, 100 million, 20 million, $5. I'm not sure. She probably won't be CFO very long. Um, no, sure, in, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but in security, we're so used to basing things on these squishy best practices, and we follow this regulatory mandate, and we just had a PCI audit. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but now mm. that security is strategic, and it's being talked about in 10Ks and annual reports, mm, mm, corporate mm. governance documents. Um, mm. It's 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 a, a topic now that CEOs and board members are actually going on television talking about. Not because they woke up one day and they felt, you know what, cybersecurity, even though I'm a bank, that's a topic I really care about. They're talking about it simply because it impacts shareholder faith and it impacts value. And cybersecurity, they understand, is not about cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is about the potential impact to brand, operations, and finance. And once we take that perspective, we understand that if we're going to be effective, we need to be able to measure. And if we're going to measure, then we can yeah. start communicating up to the boards and the executive team. And once we've reached that point, cybersecurity has then become strategic. We're not talking about bad rabbits and we're not talking about wanna cry and these bits and bites. We're actually talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. the fundamental impact to brand operations and finance. And that's this transformation that I think we're going through and organizations yeah. that aren't, I think are being left behind. That's, yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know, when we, you look at the broadsheets that we get a, a, a over the weekend in the UK, and there's a 10-page supplement for cybersecurity, you know. My father-in-law is asking me about cybersecurity. This is just something, a part of everyday life now. This is not just something that's a technical geek problem, and, that, and, that, and that's good, right? We got, that's evidence we're going in the right direction, I think, isn't it? Yeah. It, it is, it is. And it's a maturation of our space. And, mm. and look, all the very technical bits and bites of it, that doesn't go away. We, we still sure. need to be able to address that at an operational level. But at a strategic mm. level, it really becomes about controls effectiveness. It becomes about mm. optimizing my tools. So if I'm going to spend $10 million in cybersecurity, yeah. I want to start getting close to $10 million worth of value, not two and a Absolutely. half million. Yeah. And, and one of the terms I've been hearing a lot lately is rationalization. I'm actually starting to see uh, people with the title like VP of rationalization or cybersecurity rationalization teams. And and they have one goal. It's to make sure that the security that they have is doing what they want and they're prioritizing in the right places. So for example, uh, you know, I want to make sure if I have a finite budget that I'm investing that budget in the right place. And this is highly, highly critical for mid-size organizations Mm -hmm. that don't have the budgets of the huge banks and government organizations. They have the same risk, but they don't have the budgets. Mm -hmm. So where a large, you know, Fortune 500 bank might be able to, you know, get things right 30% of the time because they've got a lot of overlap and and other controls, 
a mid-sized bank, for example, they don't have that budget. They don't have those resources. So if they spend a million dollars on security, they better be getting a million dollars worth of security. The other side of that coin is if I have controls that I no longer need and I'm able to rationalize that, you know what, that product over there, it's not adding any value. It's so right. legacy. Right. It's so outdated. We, we just can't get it to do what we need. Help me retire things I don't need. CISOs hate getting rid of products because they think it might break something that they've already got in place that's working. And they have no way to validate that process. Just think if you could wipe out all that spending on solutions that simply aren't providing value and reinvest it in tools you need and more people and more training. That really changes the field. So rationalization, I think, is going to be a really popular theme mm. uh, throughout the next few years. One question that we quite often get asked is, you know, as a CISO, when we're talking to CISOs, is, um, you know, where do we turn to for good information? Where, what, what resources have we got? Because it's quite a lonely job being a CISO. So, and trying to understand what the priorities are, what you should be spending your time on. I mean, what, you know, who can you turn to? I mean, what's your advice on that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What resources? Um, you know, there's. <laughs> I, I remember when I first started in in security. You know, going back twenty plus years ago, we used to get tons <laughs> yeah. of magazines, and these were these yeah, yeah, huge, yeah. huge print style things, and you you get five or six a week, and Eventually, they just started stacking up on the floor mm. until you took them to recycle. Um, <laughs> what I'm finding today is, you know, there, there's a lot of great resources out there. There's podcasts, there's videos, there's a lot of, a lot of ways you can bring up your, your uh, uh, knowledge about what's happening. But probably the best are these, these ISACs, you know, getting, getting wow. together with organizations that are similar to yours, uh, having these meetups, sharing ideas yeah. in these consortiums. Uh, sometimes when you're in your own organizational bubble, uh, up looks down and down looks up and you think this is the way things yeah. are supposed to be because it's the way you've always done it. And exactly. getting those sort of other perspectives, I, I think is probably the most valuable. Now you can do this at the trade shows and there's great trade shows. There's InfoSecurity Europe and there's RSA yeah, and, Black yeah, yeah. And, and, and probably about a thousand others. Um, mm. And those are fine. But if you can get together with people in a like business mm. in terms of you know, maybe, maybe it's the same vertical or maybe the same business size or segment, that can be tremendously uh, beneficial to uh, everybody that's involved. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, and what's your view about analysts? I mean, where do you think analysts fit into this picture in helping cybersecurity professionals structure and prioritize what they should be spending their time on? What's your, what's your view about you know, the Gartner, Forrester, IDC? What's your view on that? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think in security specifically, because there's... Mm. I'm guessing at any given point, there's thousands of security companies out there, and it's, it's a very confusing landscape. And I think mm. analysts do help people at least get it to the short list. Um, it's also very interesting when there's emerging solutions. There's, there's not a lot in cyber that's different, right? There's a lot that's new. So I have a, a, a new way of doing this or a new way of doing that. But something that's mm. completely different is, is a little bit more rare. So as the Gartners and other organizations start looking at these new categories, and it's not necessarily in a, a Gartner magic quadrant saying this is the best and this is somebody that maybe you look at it a little bit further down the road, um, yeah. I think they do a good job of starting to bubble up some of these new trends that are happening because you're seeing a mm -hmm. lot of growth and people looking for solutions that aren't necessarily a firewall that's better or an IPS that's better or a DLP yeah. that's better. Instead, yeah. they say, give me something different because what I've yeah. been doing isn't necessarily solving my problems. And I think I need to think a little bit more outside the box. So I yeah. think analysts can help uh, organizations with that because there are such a mass of companies out there to digest. Yeah, fantastic. So 
sort of one piece of advice you could give to a CISO, what would it be? You know, what's the big piece of what's the one piece of advice you give a CISO today? Proof. Make yeah. sure when you're a CISO that you have something in place that gives you uh, not just qualitative but quantitative evidence about what's working, what's not, how you should prioritize what you can retire, et cetera. Are my people working effectively? Are my processes working effectively? You need to be able to measure that. You need to be able to manage that process. You need to be able to improve that process. And the reason that's so important is because now that the CSO has that voice with the rest of the executive team, that CSO has that voice with uh, the board, they want evidence. They don't want squishy ideas that may or may not come. And they don't want to talk about simply doing something because everybody else is doing it or simply having data protection because it's the right thing to do. They need evidence. And the reason that's necessary is that a business and other you know, government organizations, there's thousands of types of risk. Cyber is just one. So they're yeah. evaluating all these different flavors of yeah. risk every day and they can't handle the CISO coming to them with something that's not um, quantitative, something that's not evidence-based, that's predicated on actual yes or no. Now, once you can do that, you can communicate strategically, you can start aligning with business objectives and needs, and you start becoming much more important to the organization. So again, my, my statement to CISOs would be, if you wanna be effective and you wanna continue on this maturation curve that we're seeing cybersecurity go through, start having evidence and proof about the status of your security effectiveness. Because without that, you're trying to fight today's battles with yesterday's approach, and it simply isn't gonna scale for you. Brian, that's fantastic. So thank you so much for joining us today. So Brian's one bit of advice is make sure you've got proof to be an effective CISO, and that is your number one priority. So hopefully you'll join us again for episode eight. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today, much appreciated. Thank you so much, it was a great pleasure being here today.